When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And we are here with the cutest one, and that is the meme queen responsible for the viral Instagram account Daddy Issues and the host of Almost Adulting Podcast, Violet Benson. Hey! Hi, thank you for having me. Oh my God, of course. Thanks for coming. Thanks for watching this terrible movie. Donnie, <laughs> we are going to be fighting today. Uh, you liked it? Violet, did you like it? Um. Okay, like I liked some parts of it and then some parts of it, I like rolled my eyes. Okay. Like I can see why it's a classic. But it it was kind of it was very interesting for me to finally watch a movie where with the times is so different to watch it oh, yeah. older and to be like yo what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but I still like I still love happy endings. Yeah. So still at the end, even though I was like laughing, I was still like, oh damn it, I hate that. I'm still happy for that. Oh yeah, I couldn't sit still for two hours because I was like, this is the most boring fucking movie I've ever seen. And then I still cried at the end. So I guess I like a happy ending too. For those of you just tuning in and say, what the hell are they talking about? We picked most of our fall movies from BuzzFeed articles of like the best fall movies of all time. And You've Got Mail was on every single list. So here we are covering You've Got Mail. And I feel tricked because I knew in my soul I should have never watched a Tom Hanks movie on this podcast. But I did, and I was miserable for all one hour and 58 minutes until I cried at the end. Wait, I'm sorry. Do we hate Tom Hanks? Did I miss something? I hate Tom okay. Hanks. He's not I canceled. never know what the trends are, so I'm like, I'm sorry. Who, who am I supposed to hate this week? Someone fill me oh, in. No, I don't he's not canceled. Okay. Like, he's still America's sweetheart. I just hate him. He bores me to tears. I worked at Bubba Gum Shrimp Company for 10 years, so that's probably a big reason I hate him. But. Yeah, Donnie is the president, secretary, and treasurer, and only member of the I Hate Tom Hanks sure there's club. somebody else. Do you hate Toy Story? <laughs> no, I love Toy Story. Okay. I just yeah. wanted to know like how deep the hate <laughs> went. So You've Got Mail was released December 18th, 1998. And to set the scene on the radio, I'm Your Angel by Redacted and Celine Dion was number one in the US. And at the box office, this movie was number one, followed by The Prince of Egypt, A Bug's Life, and then Ants. So, so yeah, wow. just what a lineup. <laughs> And then with Christmas just a few weeks away from the release date, Furby was the best-selling toy of the year, with the Spice Girls dolls being the number two best-selling toy in the United States, making $11 million in 1998. Isn't that crazy? I was shocked. I mean, it makes sense. Girl power was everywhere. Wait, it was 1998 or 1988? 98. Oh, wow. I thought it was way older than that. I guess technically it's 20 years ago. I think we forget because we, I think 98 sometimes we're like 10 years ago, whatever. But like it is 20 years ago. Yeah. Because yeah. I was born in 86. So I was 12. So like the way I was acting on the Internet is basically the same way they were. <laughs> you were trying to do meetups and talking about your love of pencils. I am uh, not American. There's a lot of American movies that I've missed. So this was my first time ever seeing this movie. So I'm happy at least I got to see it because. It is one of those movies that everyone calls a classic and talks uh-huh. about. It was either yeah. this one or I recently actually had my first ever comedy show, which um, was sold out. No big deal. Oh. Like, <laughs> whatever. You know, but, <laughs> and I did like a whole joke. And in the end, I made a joke of like, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy. And I like did those lines and everyone like started clapping. And I kid you not. I don't even know what movie that's from. And I've never seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the movies we cover, I've never seen. So I like when we have a guest. 
that is watching what's considered a classic for the first time. Because it is funny to see these movies that everyone's obsessed with. And when you see it with like fresh eyes 20 years later, a lot of times you're like, huh, so this is the film everyone can't stop talking about. Cool, had cool, you cool, seen cool, this cool. before, Chelsea? I had. Yeah, this was one that I would watch with my mom in the fall, which is probably why I still uh, love it, is I do have that like nostalgia yeah. factor. So, Violet, when Chelsea's the expert on a movie, we know we're in a sinking ship here. So it's you <laughs> yeah. and me. I'll get our life. I'm 50-50 on it. Like, I understand okay. why you like it. It's not like a movie I would go to the, in the films to watch it. It feels yeah. like a, the thing where you watch with your family on Christmas or something like that. Yeah. But I have a lot of jokes to make fun of it as well. But I'm not in a way where I hate it. I, I don't want to uh, be like, oh, yeah. my God, I cannot believe yes. a film. Like, it's like, shut the fuck <laughs> up and masturbate so you can chill out. It's not that deep. Take you know what I mean? Like, no, <laughs> to be clear, I'm going to be talking a lot of shit about this movie, specifically about our narcissist king, Joe Fox. Yeah, but that's your love language. Yeah, that is. You talk shit about things you love, like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... For the uncut, unedited, and unhinged versions of our current shows, head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one. And now let's get into some background and trivia about the movie before we start talking shit on it. It was directed by Nora Ephron, who also directed Sleepless in Seattle and Julie and Julia. It was directed by a woman? Yeah. And written by two women. <laughs> For those of you not on Patreon, Violet's eyes are bulging out of her head for good reason. (laughs) I'm shocked. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'm not shocked because I will say something controversial. Everyone thinks Nora Ephron is this like romantic comedy queen, but I hate her. I will never (laughs) forgive her for ruining Bewitched. She, (laughs) Bewitched, I feel, you know, Big Red and Bring It On when she's like, National Silver Platter, hello. That's how I feel about turning Bewitched into a movie. Like you were given beautiful (laughs) material. And you just shit all over it and served it for dinner. I hate the bewitch. Still big red. (laughs) Yeah, anyway, that's how I feel about Nora Ephron's Bewitched. It was written by Nora Ephron again and her sister, Delia, who also wrote the two movies I mentioned above and Michael, the movie where. What's his name? Not John Goodman. Who's the guy from Greece? John Travolta. (laughs) There it is. John Uh Travolta plays an angel from hell. Yeah. But even though those two wrote this together, this was a remake of a bunch of things. First, it was a Hungarian novel in like the 1800s. Then they made a movie in the 1940s called The Shop Around the Corner, which is Meg Ryan's shop in this movie. And then other remakes include Good Old Summertime from 1949, which took place in a music store, and the 1963 Broadway musical She Loves Me, which took place in a perfume store. But it's all the same story. So they've had so many opportunities to remake this film to be like they kept remaking it. That was the end. (laughs) like Uh well that's crazy okay yeah this was the best they did with it but the people loved it in 1998 because it cost 65 million to make and it made 251 million worldwide i was not any of those dollars (laughs) it had two taglines one was someone you pass on the street might already be the love of your life yeah. I know. The taglines are never good. Never good. Okay. <laughs> Violet, that's very nice of you. <laughs> and then the second one was, at odds in life, in love online. <laughs> that one's even worse. He may steal your job and business, but he'll also steal your heart. There we that's go. That's a good one. Uh-huh. He might be catfishing you, but I don't know. I don't have a second one. <laughs> <laughs> that's why Violet had a sold out comedy show and I didn't. Just <laughs> click on her feet. <laughs> I am the cute one is now looking for sponsors. If you have a business you'd like to promote, email I am the cute one podcast at gmail.com to inquire about rates and packages. Some casting news before we get into the movie. Dave Chappelle was originally offered the role of Bubba in Forrest Gump, but he thought it would be a flop, so he turned it down. However, when it won Oscars and did well in the box office, he made it known publicly that he regretted it. So Tom Hanks promised him that they would work together in the future. So then when Nora Ephron was looking for a black man for this movie, Tom Hanks was like, I know one. And then they hired Dave Chappelle. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's sweet. Before we get into the plot, what character, if any, do you identify as from this movie? Ooh, um, oh, Tom Hanks' dog. (laughs) (laughs) 
because he's like really outgoing and he has like a lot of energy and he like does whatever he wants and he's like not really that trained i really i like that for sure i would run up to meg ryan in a field yeah chelsea what about you i relate very much to the greg kinnear character Mm. because i also am always constantly ranting about shit that literally no one else cares about and i too love when people compliment me and like also expect it yeah i see that for you I am Matthew, Tom Hanks's half-brother that's four years old, because I get a little braggy and repetitive when I want someone to know, like, all right, now this is the story about myself we're talking about. So when he kept saying he knew how to spell fox, I was like, I get it, Matthew. I wish someone would praise you. F-O-X. Now we've reached the point of the show where we put all the pressure, no pressure at all, really, Violet, so do whatever you want. But we're going to put one minute on the clock for you to summarize this movie. Okay. I'll try. <laughs> All right. Time starts now. Okay. Girl gets a business from her mother. It's the only thing she has left from her mother to remember her. Boy takes her business away from her and catfishes her. And then in the end, somehow they fall in love because she's a pick me girl. And I thought the movie was written by a man. And that's how I imagined <laughs> men want women to be. And it reminds me that I thought it was written by a man that nowadays will say like, women are not what they used to be. Unlike this movie. Like, that's what I kind of would think about. But overall, fun Christmas movie to watch. And honest, also kind of made me think maybe that's why I'm single because I haven't let a man take my business away. So I don't know. That end. Perfect. Great. That was better than the movie. I just couldn't get over the fact that she got catfished. It's been really bothering me because obviously I only watched it like two days ago and it's been in the back of my head. And it's been bothering me how like, okay, forget the fact that took away her business and it took her two seconds to fight for it she was just like what do i do he's like you fight for it she's like okay she tries once one thing Uh and she's like it didn't work i guess i'll give up what the fuck are you joking (laughs) you have a whole Uh business okay cool then her and her partner i thought it was kind of sweet how they both were just over each other okay i let that go because whatever that works for you guys she seems like a really chill girl like it's like Uh oh damn i didn't know you're chill like that she's that girl cool good for you i love that for you (laughs) moving forward after that then she gets catfished by this guy and like if you wasn't rich it would be creepy it still is creepy no but the only reason we make it work is because he's like rich and i guess back then he was considered handsome Uh but like a he shows up to everything so he's like a stalker yes b he's also catfishing her and then after she figures out they catfished her she was just like fuck yeah i'm so lucky (laughs) for me if that happened to me i'd be like oh my god do you hate me why are you doing this to me i would be not running to kiss him, I would be running the opposite direction to immediately file a restraining order. Literally. Yeah. And perhaps throw my computer into that the That is ocean. literally what a friend of you would do to you. Not only did they take away your business, but they f- pretended that someone loves you. And you're like, surprise, <laughs> no one loves you. And also have fun standing in the unemployment line because I also took your business and all of your money and your memories of your mother, bitch. Yes. yes it was like that chalkboard scene in Mean Girls. It was like, dead mom literally i would have been like if we're in love can i have my business back and you'd be like no boop. anyway so i felt like the conclusion of the movie was yeah i may not have a, like my business but who cares about career when you can find a man yes. but i guess if i was really desperate for love which at this point like winter's coming and if someone catfished me i'd be like okay whatever get like getting cold Cuffing i just need someone to hold me fine whatever and you have a dog you can get one side of me. no not, not sexually i mean cuddling i meant. i don't want no the dog i'd be like get rid of it oh my god not brinkley on the streets right before christmas well, yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to overlook the fact that you just had to clarify not sexually, Donnie. Our listeners never know what to expect from me. Mm-hmm. So when I said you get me from one side and the dog gets me from the <laughs> other, I was like, okay, let me refresh. Oh, anyway, Christ. before right. we get into the outline, I never got into this movie when it came out because A, it starred Tom Hanks. And B, I was 12 when it came out. So it very much felt like an old people's movie to me. Mm. Tom Hanks is 42 in this and Meg Ryan is 36. So I am now someone's... <laughs> the old people. Oh my god, movie. Tom Hanks was 42 in that movie? Uh-huh. Isn't that crazy? Wow, that is crazy. I know, because even watching it, and I think this is because of nostalgic ties, but like, I still kind of considered it an old people's movie. And then I was like, nope, I'm the same age as her, so let me shut my old ass up. <laughs> Put some icy hot on my joints and get to watching. 
<laughs> so although our two leads, Joe Fox and Kathleen Kelly, are both in serious relationships, the movie starts with a glorified AOL commercial that informs us that the two met in an over 30 chat room and have been online pen pals since, a secret that they keep from their plus ones. I want to know, how did you keep going online a secret in 1998? Because they share apartments with these people, and every time they need to go on and check their email, it's like... Like, like how do you have an affair? God forbid one of their partners tries to, like, call them. The house phone's just going to be busy for (laughs) hours at a time. I do love this movie, but this is just so violently unsexy. Their exchange of emails is some of the most narcissistic, boring, (laughs) pointless drivel that I've ever heard. Like, I do not care if you saw a butterfly on the subway or if your dog. (laughs) No, it wasn't just that. I forgot about thanks for reminding me. And I didn't mean to interrupt you, Chelsea. Sorry. But like, you know, it actually bothered me. They were never actually having a conversation with each other. That's what really confused me. And it was more like she would be like, you know, the butterflies are so pretty when they're white. And then he would respond being like, I was on the train today and it got me thinking about (laughs) my blue chairs in my house. And I was like, what? And then they're both like, you're such a good listener. I love talking to you. Yeah, because none of you are listening to what the other person is say it's like get a diary i walked on the subway today i looked at the white wall i like blue chairs i like cookies and then it'd be like i think i'm in love with this person and i'm sorry if you send me a bouquet of pencils i will sharpen one and stab you with it the internet was so dangerous when we were younger like everyone i feel like that i know as a kid we used to go and chat pretending to be 18 and talk to complete strangers it was so creepy and weird now that you, you know think about i did it. yeah i did yeah. i was always a 16 year old girl named blair from california <laughs> always in my bathing suit yeah. just at all times <laughs> it's so gross thinking about that now like all the gross pedophiles we were probably talking to oh or yes. just other 16 year old kids pretending yeah. to be older yeah. like yeah. we were all in like an over 21 chat room but it was just a bunch of like 14 year olds (laughs) yeah pretend and i I totally remember when you were like trying to understand sex and you like and i still remember some of the things that i would say that i would never say out loud now but i'm like that is you just know this person has never seen privates Uh, see, I wish I could read the things I said back then. Because I don't. In my memory of it, I think I was like laying pipe. Blair was like, I can't wait to <laughs> open my vagina. Oh my and- God. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> Violet, what was your first screen name? I think Barbie 1V. Oh. That was like in high school. Yeah, that's cute. Well, it's because I- I'm Middle Eastern. But like in the Middle East, I'm like one of the few white skinned blonde girls. So then I'm like it would consider looking like a Barbie compared to everyone oh. else from where I'm from. So then when I came to the yeah. US, then I kind of continue being my nickname with other Middle Easterns where I'm like a Barbie. Oh. I miss uh, AOL when you like thought you were going so hard with your away messages. Oh my gosh. Like yeah. somebody yes. would upset you and you're just like, even if it happened, just be thankful. Don't cry because <laughs> it's over. Smile because it happened. Yeah. Like be like extra dramatic. Bad day. Don't ask. Dot, dot, dot. But then you're like waiting. Uh-huh. Is anyone going to message me already? <laughs> I had a crush on my roommate and he did not reciprocate those feelings. So one time I just made my away message. It must be nice. And then he was like, in person, he was like, what must be? I was like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so back to the movie. If emotional infidelity and the fact that he's Tom Hanks wasn't enough to get us to turn on Joe Fox, he's also the latter half of Fox and Sons, the father-son partnership that runs Fox Books, a chain of mega bookstores that prides itself on being the reason small bookstores go under. Cut to Kathleen, the owner of the independent children's bookstore, the shop around the corner. And I have to be honest for a second, small bookstores are cute and quaint and like you can get weird little souvenirs from them, whatever. But if these bookstores were really across the street from each other, I would be going into Fox Books 100%. It's like you can either go and have a cappuccino and read the young adult erotica novels in Fox Books, or you can have a children's story time with a woman wearing like a wizard's cap. It is sad, though, like the smaller bookstore does sound more personable. And yeah. It's sad that it has to be more expensive because that's one of the reasons I wouldn't go in. But it is yeah. sad, though, to see how in the past certain things that worked and how it's so outdated now like bookstores are really cool but yeah. like now they're all closed down right. so it is kind of 
sad how things have changed. Yeah, and I used to love bookstores, like smaller ones and even like Borders and Barnes and Noble and stuff. I remember when R.L. Stein made his Fear Street senior year books. Each book came out a different month throughout the school year. And each book, a different student died. And in the beginning was the yearbook and a picture was crossed off. So like you had to get a new book each time until they were all dead until the living ones. But I would never buy them for whatever reason. I guess I didn't have enough uh, allowance money. So I would just go in the store and remember what page I was on. So then the next time I was at the mall, I would pick up where I left off. Oh, smart. Is Barnes and Noble still open? I think a few of them are. Wow. Yeah, but same deal. Like even now the chains for bookstores, like yeah. people aren't physically going. Yeah, it's like you used to go to like a video store to masturbate in the bath. <laughs> and now you just do it at home. You know, we're really getting away from our roots. <laughs> yeah, it's less fun. I do have a comment about the movie. Another one okay. that I forgot. This is why I was surprised that it was written uh, and directed by women uh-huh. because there was this thing that I recently read about called the, I may mispronounce it, Bechtel, Bechtel, Bechtel test. Yeah. And it fails uh-huh. the Bechtel test. Now, Bechtel test mm-hmm. basically needs two women that are named characters to have a conversation mm-hmm. in the movie among each other and to have a conversation about something other than a man. And the whole movie didn't have that. Not one conversation between two women that didn't revolve about a man, which is so shocking to me because it was written and directed by women. And by the way, that does not, people get mixed up. That's not what makes a movie good or not. It's not about like, oh, this movie's bad because it didn't, it didn't pass the. (laughs) Oh, no. And Violet, I deliver women's (laughs) study seminars every week. So our listeners are well versed in my feminist agenda. But no, that's very true. I think the only conversation between women that wasn't about a man was maybe when she was talking to Birdie about the finances. Mm -hmm. But even then, the conversations always like circled back to Joe Fox. It would be like, oh man, we're still not making money. So what's going on with that guy online? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's get back to the more important things. That guy you're talking to and cheating on your boyfriend with. Yeah. And I guess Nora Ephron knew that we would turn on Joe too quickly if we saw him at work for too long because we learn how terrible he is and how terrible Fox Books is. And then we're quickly given footage of him spending the day at a fall festival with his 11-year-old aunt and his four-year-old half-brother. And I'm 152% sure this scene is the sole reason this movie made it into like any fall list Mm, it did look like a really fun fall festival it did and i want to know where the fuck in new york it is because i have never seen also why was he so bad with flirting with her and that's what i mean people (laughs) think that tom hanks is so charming who 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 thinks that what people where are they the world violet yeah people really yeah, do. it's not me you've come to the right well, place well it's a simple movie that i think again you watch when it's cold outside with a blanket buy a heater violet that's not an excuse it's not a movie that's meant to teach you something it's just in a movie that you can watch and these are characters that are like so famous now that you can yeah. watch it and be like oh i don't think it's meant to be like this is how you're meant to be jessica this is why you're not married because you didn't give up your business like it's, i don't think that's what it's meant to give you no. the how-to course <laughs> yeah step one stalk your pray play with your food make sure she's going out of business but bring your children there yeah cuties you know i cannot see a movie without pretending i'm in it and now it's your turn have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight then you'll want to stop what you're doing (laughs) unless you're driving and visit sideshow.com your eyes do not deceive you they have a life-size impeccably detailed replica of the child from star wars the mandalorian Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of two 
$200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTEONE, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. Like what you're hearing? Head to Patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. Soon after his fall festival day, Fox Books has their grand opening, and just as expected, the neighborhood is obsessed. Not so obsessed is the staff of the shop around the corner, whose store is empty with this new development. But Kathleen dusts herself off and tells herself she's fine as she goes to a cocktail party with her liberal journalist boyfriend, Frank, the same party that Joe is attending with his tightly wound book editor girlfriend, Patricia. It's there that Kathleen learns exactly who Joe is. Well, not exactly, because she still doesn't know who he is online, but they have a war of words over caviar and book prices. And this is the thing. Like, number one, do not do a Godfather impression to me when (laughs) I've just discovered that you are, like, methodically ruining my life. This man is sick. But I liked when she said that she's the type of person that just goes blank when she's angry. Is that how you guys are? Or do you turn into Mr. Nasty like Tom (laughs) Hanks does? I get really quiet. I think silence is scarier Mm. because I think when I'm irritated and it gets to me and I react, I think that's when I lose. But and oh, that's also when I'm not it's not the end for me. But when someone gets me to a point where I'm just silent, I think that's usually when people should be scared because that's like you're lucky Mm. I'm being quiet because I'm in my brain. I'm just like, we're done. Like, I'm done with you. We're done with this. And usually I don't even like public altercations. Mm -hmm. Like my first reaction is and this happened to me recently. I, I go up to my friend and I'm like. I'm not interested in being spoken to like that. And then I just say, step away. Mm. Yeah, that's not my thing. So I just get really quiet when I'm not happy. I need to take that. I'm not interested in being spoken to like that. Because I think in my past, I was definitely like a, I will burn this universe to the ground type of person. And it takes a lot to get me to a place of anger. So if I'm there, I can totally like go nuclear and like ruin your life with my words. And so I think it's been a learning lesson to like figure out how to not be that person anymore. And I do agree. I think if you can channel that, like my favorite is a whispered, we'll talk about this later. If I ever say that to my husband, he's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Exactly. But I'm also, I don't want to be like screaming at somebody in public. Like nobody in that situation looks like they're prevailing. No, you look super, you make everyone look super. Yeah, it's not a move. Just remove yourself from that. And you you lose. Like when you show a reaction, you lose. It shows how much you care. That's smart. Because I think like physical violence, if I try to have like a regular just fist fight, I'll get my ass kicked. But if it's a fight to the death, I'll like pop your eyes out of your head. (laughs) I'll kill you. So the same thing with like verbal. Like if I... I know we are done and I can end you with my words, then I'm fine and I'm loose-lipped Mr. Nasty. But if we're not, like if it's just me and my husband fighting and I know it's not going to lead to divorce, then I have to just say nothing because if not, I may overstep. I just know, especially the way I am, like I used to have anger issues and I'm like very volatile and impulsive. So like I still sometimes will say something wild in text that I regret. And my mom always taught me that words are like birds. Once they fly out, you can't take them back. And it's happened to me mm. in the past that I say something I regret. So the reason I end up being quiet is because I'm just rethinking in my brain that I need to calm down because unlike the other people, I know how my brain works and I know that I can actually hurt people with my words because words don't hurt me, but I know like I just, because what I do for a living in general, my podcast in general, I, all I do is read psychology books. So I I understand people very well. So I'll know what I need to say to hurt you. And I don't want to do that. So that's why I will just remain quiet. Cause to me, if someone's like, go kill yourself, I will forgive them. I don't take it personally. Right. But like with you, I'll just be like, that explains why your grandma never loved you. Oh, Jesus. 
<laughs> and they're like, fuck, why did you have to say that? You know what I mean? And I've said this to my friends before. Trust me. You don't want to get an altercation with me. Like, yeah. you should be thankful that this is how I react yeah. when you get upset with me. Huh. Yeah. Well noted. Yeah. Not going to piss you off. I know. I don't want to find out where my grandma doesn't like me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've told the stories, Tanya. Oh, yeah. You know. We all know. Calling all Virginia cuties, Mother Magnolia is a houseplant specialty boutique offering supplies and goods for novice, self-proclaimed plant murderers to expert-level plant parents. Educational and DIY workshops are offered for cuties in the area, and virtual pay-what-you-can plant consults are offered if you can't make it to Virginia. And with the holidays approaching, be sure to check out MotherMagnoliaPlants.com for their online shop. They've got everything you never knew you needed, from soil scoops and trellises to planty stickers, pins, cards, and apparel. That's MotherMagnoliaPlants.com. And to follow the journey, follow Mother Magnolia on TikTok, Mother Magnolia Plant Co. on Instagram and Facebook. With a feud in motion big enough for a new season of Ryan Murphy's show, New York proves to be smaller than it appears as Kathleen and Joe continue to run into each other over and over and over again. Cafes, flower shops, and even the grocery store where Che Diaz works, where Joe charms everyone in the store except Kathleen. And I hate Joe and Tom Hanks, but I do understand (laughs) being able to be charming while still being a piece of shit. Because when I was a server at Bubba Gump Shrimp Company, the... Forest Gump inspired restaurant. <laughs> I often said and did things that should have got me fired, but then I would giggle and smile, and then the customers would forget. A smile goes a long way. It really does. One time, this lady, she was vegan, gluten free, and like two other dietary restrictions. So she was like, What can I get? And literally, all she could get on the menu was broccoli and some other kind of vegetable. And there is no entree that says, like, Oh, broccoli and lettuce. So that's what I brought her broccoli and lettuce. And then when she tried to leave, I gave her the check and she said, I told you I was allergic. I guess because there wasn't a broccoli and lettuce entree on the menu, she thought it was free. So she's like, I told you I was allergic. And I was like, are you allergic to paying? And then we kind of just stared at each other for a little and realized what I said. So then I giggled and that made her giggle too, thank God. And then she paid, but I said all kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. A smile goes a it long does. way. I get away with a lot of shit. Do you? Do you get away with a lot I of do. shit? I do. Not with you. You're the Hillary Clinton of podcasts. Well, okay. <laughs> with Christmas quickly approaching, Kathleen begins to get in her feelings about her dead mother, her failing bookshop, and the success of Joe Fox. So when NY152 instant messages her, she confides in him that her business is failing and he gives her advice straight from the Godfather. Go to the mattress and fight to the death. And there is a lot to pick apart here. Number one, Joe continues to be the worst because this arrangement that they have has rules. No specifics, email only. And not only does he instant message her, he asks her what she does for a living. So he's just Mm -hmm. like ignoring everything that she set up to make this situation okay with her. And then he talks about the Godfather and like quotes it on numerous occasions. Yeah, he loves that But she didn't figure it out yet. And when he told her to fight it to the death, he also still didn't know how to deal with his shop. So they're both kind of stupid. (laughs) Yeah, very true. (laughs) And I don't know if we were supposed to like like that he made the godfather's personality but to me it was just a red flag well 20 years ago oh that's true. i think it does make sense i, guess. I still hear guys talk about the godfather i know and it's a red flag is time. it i don't know i have no idea Isn't it? i think so i think it's like men that like american psycho if uh, men are like oh american psycho i used to see that on whatever those dating apps where it was like my favorite movie is american psycho i was like that is sick oh my god you know what my current raya profile bio says huh Laughter is the best medicine, but so is cocaine. Just kidding. <laughs> no, that's good. That is but good. I, that I've message. never done coke in my life. That's why it's funny. But people who read it don't know. So. Oh, yeah. So it brings in the wrong crowd. Because I take Adderall. Because I'm not a loser. <laughs> Got that over-the-counter <laughs> meth slash yeah. cocaine. Me yeah, too. Me too, right. girl. My last all day. Unlike these losers who do it for 15 minutes. Grow up. Get a doctor. Jesus. I would agree about the Godfather being a red flag. It's not like a if you're having a conversation, you're like, what are your top five favorite movies? But if they go out of their way to quote it, I get that. I think that other red flags just off the cuff. I think taking your business away. 
and catfishing you. <laughs> Taking somebody's <laughs> business away. Also, men who listen to <laughs> Joe Rogan's podcast, men who still say no homo. Um, oh, men who say that all of their ex-girlfriends are crazy. Like if a guy is like, all of my exes are crazy. I'm like, you're the problem. Men under 35 who wear visors. <laughs> and the biggest one is men who call women females. As soon as mm. I hear a dude say female, I'm like, I know exactly what type of motherfucker you are. Did you have that list just like pinned to the side of your computer in case I ever brought this topic up? No, that's just off the dome. Baby. Yeah, I, I could tell. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, also men who won't buy their girlfriend's tampons. Oh, yeah. And you put all of that in the same category of someone quoting The Godfather? <laughs> just off the cuff. That was just free form association. <laughs> They're not in a specific order. See what I deal with with this female, Viola? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But what are you guys' signs? I'm a Pisces Aries cusp. So mm-hmm. I read both horoscopes and see which one I he like better. He wants to be an Aries. Yeah, us, I really And do. I'm a Gemini, so I'm just full crazy. What, what are, are you? you? Scorpio. Mm. Oh God, you are scary. That's then. why I'm yeah. so calm. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, because you could ruin lives if uh-huh. you wanted to, like quite oh, easily. Yeah, but I don't want stinger. to. I don't want to because I'm just like a happy-go-lucky person. To be honest, I just never even notice other people. I just live my <laughs> life. That's usually what upsets people. <laughs> oh, That's brilliant. I mean, if we're, we could die tomorrow, why do I need to focus on everyone else's like trauma that they're projecting on me? Mm-hmm. Just because you're miserable doesn't mean I need to be miserable. I could die tomorrow. Might as well just have the best day ever today. You're right. And that's the thesis statement for this episode, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's why I, even the movie, I liked it. There's always positives to everything. You always can see yeah. negatives. You can see a positive. I mean, that's basically like my whole podcast is just to help people go through their own trauma and just be nice to everyone else yeah. i mean just because you're terrible people it's like fine it's not a big deal like like that's fine like do you like i could never but like it's like not a big deal that it works for you <laughs> no i love your podcast for that reason and i think you know our podcast is just bullshit but that's part of my like living life like we could die tomorrow is like it's so fun to talk shit about these yeah movies. about things that don't matter yeah, yeah. it is fun i agree <laughs> Because me talking shit about these movies and Tom Hanks means I'm not talking shit about people in my real life. So this is my form of self care. Yeah, we to exactly. See it. Yes, Good exactly. Job. Thank you. <laughs> so to the mattress, Kathleen goes. Frank writes an article highlighting the injustice of Fox Books moving into the neighborhood, which gets news stations and other big names publications to cover the story. And soon, petitioners march in front of Fox Books, none of which matters, as the shop around the corner doesn't make any more money. And reaching her lowest point, she finally agrees to meet NY152 in person. I think I met my first person on the internet in high school because I lived in the suburbs of Philadelphia, so I did not have a driver's license in high school. So all the dates I went on were in Philadelphia. So I would talk to boys online and then go meet them in the city. Nice. Oh. And luckily, they were always who they said they were. Like, sometimes it was an old photo before... They, like, gained weight or lost hair, whatever. Not lost hair in high school, but <laughs> a little bit later. Um, but it was never, like, somebody else's photo. Yeah, that could have ended very poorly. It could have just ended my life. <laughs> yeah. I do think that was yeah. one realistic part, because you said reaching her lowest moment, she decided to finally meet that guy. Because that does uh-huh. seem, these days, how people find love. It's like when you reach your lowest and you're just like, fine, you'll do. And that's a normal <laughs> yeah. people fall in love now. <laughs> So that still remains to this day. Fine. You took all of my hopes and dreams from me. You literally took everything that was worth having in my life. So now I'll have you. Thank you. (laughs) So Joe shows up to the cafe and sees that his shop girl is Kathleen. So instead of telling her the truth about the email exchange, he acts as though this is a coincidental run-in. And for the first time in her life, she finally is confronted with a horrible and sensitive person, and she's able to say what she feels. Her mother's store was something special, and Joe is nothing but a suit. What a first date. But I do need to say, before we get to the next scene, after being stood up she goes home and sulks and climbs into bed and the amount of new yorkers who climb into bed in their street clothes in this movie is truly disgusting like more than him ruining this woman's life for fun and then forcing her to fall in love there is at least three people two of which are like professional business people that just crawl (laughs) into bed after they've been on the subway and we know she travels by subway because she's always looking for those damn butterflies so like she has those germs all over her body. It was disgusting. I was so mad. (laughs) 
It was like, you deserve to lose your store. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man, I do that. That's so embarrassing. You do? You get in yeah. bed in clothes you wear on the subway? Well, I don't take the subway here, but like, I do get in bed sometimes. If I'm having a bad day, I don't even like change. I just get in the bed if I'm like sad. Wait, where do you live? Encino Hills. Well, Bel Air, I guess, technically. That's cleaner than New York City. So I give you a pass. Do you take your shoes off? Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> well, that would be, for me, that's the line. It's okay, yeah. you guys. It's okay if I'm dirty and gross. I don't mind. She doesn't care about other people. She doesn't care what we think. We Chelsea. could die tomorrow. Why? Yeah, I don't care. Try to get rid of those germs. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> I don't mind. I got big tits. Oh, Christ. So, <laughs> so Kathleen makes the brave decision to close her store. And when she and Frank realize they don't love each other, they end the relationship. Which I have a cute little trivia fact. The movie theater Frank and Kathleen go on their last date is the exact same movie theater where the premiere was held. Oh, that is cute. That's yeah. cute. As that's happening, a few blocks away, Joe gets stuck in an elevator with his girlfriend, and when they get out, he ends his relationship when he realizes he's not happy. So then online, the two, Kathleen and Joe, have each other to be vulnerable with during these trying times. And this is when I was like, oh, he is catfishing her for the remainder of this two-hour movie. There's an hour left where he will be catfishing her. And, like very very heavy catfishing like he's playing multiple parts in this one man production that he's putting on because he like becomes her friend IRL and is also this other person and he's like talking about himself that's where it's truly twisted but because he's rich it's romantic he starts acting up online just so he can give her advice in person about the guy yeah like i knew when yeah. she, uh -huh. he was like he probably has a wife or whatever and then she said do you have a wife and then he goes do i have a wife why would you ask me something like that and i literally was like before i saw the next scene i was like oh he's doing that on purpose so then he can then tell her you see he never actually gave you the answer yeah. and that's literally what yeah. the next scene was he said you see he never gave you the answer so that I was like, a little weirded out by that. But overall, <laughs> if I was unemployed at that moment and like I had no other goals and nothing was going on in my life, I would just be like, okay, fine. I love you too. <laughs> Do you feel like millennials love this movie because these grown ass adults were doing the same shit we were doing at that time as like 10 year olds on AIM? Like, I used to like pretend to be somebody and like message my crush and be like, oh, do you know Chelsea? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like maybe millennials love this movie because it was just grownups doing what they were doing after school. It's like the opposite of Dawson's Creek. Like Dawson's Creek and Pretty Little Liars and stuff is teenagers <laughs> acting like adults. This is adults acting like children. <laughs> yeah. They don't have a job. Pretty Little Liars <laughs> is teenagers acting like adults. Everyone just murders each other. And like well, <laughs> cons each other. That's what adults are doing. You don't hang out with the right ones, Violet, I guess. <laughs> so Joe, living up to his Ben Badgley you counterpart namesake, ends the movie by doing something truly insidious. Online, he plans to meet Kathleen Saturday at 4 p.m. And then in real life, hangs out with her Saturday at noon, where he tells her he has feelings for her. So she fails his little test because she tells him she can't ignore her email boyfriend and goes to meet him. And wouldn't you know, Joe shows up too. So shop girl cries and says she wanted it to be him. Why? Why? Kathleen, I need to know why. Love yourself. Why did you want it to be him? I just don't know. Well, because she had nothing else going on. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, if you're starving, you, you haven't eaten for days, and there's like a gross like french fry fell in the water, and now it's in front of you, but you haven't eaten for four days. Of course, you're like, well, I guess I wanted to be this fry. Like, I would eat anything. That's kind of, I think, what happened with her. I mean, obviously, her and her partner went having sex for a while. No. Oh, yeah. He's just talking about typewriters. He lost her business. <laughs> She has no real friends. Her real friend is a lady that's 75 years older than her. <laughs> like, she's really has she has nothing going on in her life. It was this guy. Oh, he forgot he stole a business from her. She was just like, I'm so thankful I have someone in my life. Uh -huh. He, like, really broke her down. And then he was the one For to sure. lift her up. What a movie. Yeah. Well, I do think we found the second member of the I Hate Tom Hanks fan club, because I do think you just compared him to a wet French fry, <laughs> Violet. So Donnie will yes, be sending you the sign-up paperwork to let you know when the meetings I'm are I'm not held. good at math. I've been looking for a treasurer this whole time. 
no, I mean, I'm indifferent about Tom Hanks. I don't hate no, him. But this but... character. Yeah. This is my issue. I want us to do like some guided imagery right now. Let's think about this relationship eight months into the future. Let's get past the like romance of the like honeymoon phase. And now let's think about a fight because there is no world in which you load the dishwasher wrong and I'm not bringing mm. up the fact that you, for sport, closed down a shop that was my legacy and the only reminder of my mother. I will be bringing that shit up. He probably, he's so sick that he probably gives her a job at the store mm. and oh, she works at his yeah. store and then his yeah. rebuttal will be like, but I gave you a job and she's like, minimum wage. <laughs> and with her, she'll be like, you know what? I had some time to think about it and I'm very thankful. Thank you so much for choosing me. <laughs> You're right. You are the victim in this situation, and I'm just lucky to be a part of things now. Yeah. And then she goes online and talks to a new person, and it's actually still him, and he's catfishing her <laughs> as her future guy. Uh-huh. Oh, I love that. And then again, they meet, and she goes, thank God, I really wanted it to be you. <laughs> Every six months, they have to have a, like online affairs. Yeah. Just to and keep she's like, "Phew, I'm so happy it was you." I like that pina colada song. Oh yeah. Um, really quick before we do the final thoughts, this last bit of trivia made me sick to my stomach. It's sicker oh, than God. the whole plot combined. Okay. When she arrives at the park to meet NY152, it is exactly an hour and fifty two minutes into the movie. One, five, two. I cannot. I'm never watching a Tom Hanks movie on this podcast again. (laughs) When I read that bit of trivia, I was like, this is sick. Nora Ephron has been catfishing me this whole time. She made this movie this fucking long just so she could do that at the end. Like, we couldn't have made it NY 49. Right. (laughs) Thank you. Jesus. I was livid. I won't lie. I didn't notice it was so long. Really? That's because I was also like online shopping. Mm, That's see, fair. That's what I needed to do. Because I missed the part where Tom Hanks breaks up with his girlfriend. Like, actually, I had uh. no idea that part happened. And I was like trying to understand <laughs> afterwards when that happened. You know why? Because your eyes glazed over because we don't see him dump her, but he tells her in one of his in weird, email. long mm-hmm. emails. Oh. And my eyes glaze because I'm like, God, what like useless piece of trivia about his day is he about to share with <laughs> Shop Girl? Which I do love her nickname was Shop Girl. And then like at the very end of the movie, she's like, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I have a shop. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I've gathered that. You know, it'd be funny in the end as he, she's like, I was hoping it was you. He would have been like, probably time for you to change your username. <laughs> Boop. <laughs> Unemployed girl. Yeah. Five, one, two. <laughs> well, final thoughts. So if we were to bring this movie to present day, who would we cast in a remake or what would we want the plot to a sequel to be? So first, I tried to make it deep and set in high school with like a closeted straight boy. But then I figured out halfway through, I was just writing Love, Simon. So I was like, okay, let me scratch that. So instead, (laughs) I just gender swapped. So Kathleen Kelly, the independent bookstore owner, is Timothy Chalamet. And his liberal journalist girlfriend is Allison Williams from Get Out and Girls. And then Joe Fox's uptight editor boyfriend is played by Miles Teller. And you cannot tell me I'm wrong. I won't listen, so don't even say it. Joe Fox is now Josie Fox and is played by Kiki Palmer. I like everything you fix. <laughs> Thank you. I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> Mine is like a very loose concept, but I was thinking of like how we could make it present day because obviously we don't have the like AOL, you've got mail anymore. But I think it would be funny if in present day it was two burner Instagram accounts that were like created to like troll each other that are like fighting in a comment section and then they end up falling in love. That's cute. Oh my God, I would not be tuning in. (laughs) Do you have any thoughts for if we were to bring it to present day, Violet? I would be curious what would happen if they switched it up, if they did like a remake and it was a woman with a business who takes away his business, but now pretend he has children. And now she takes away his business when he has children and she catfishes his <laughs> I think that's just called 90 Day Fiance. Yeah. <laughs> I think I want to see oh, how people would feel about him being like, well, I guess I don't have a business now. I'm making a way to make money, but at least I have love. <laughs> And sure, she doesn't look like her profile photo, but, you know, we've got each other. Her heart is pure. That's all you need. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
All right. So final, final <laughs> thoughts. What for us about this movie aged well and what aged like blockbuster? I know I harped on it, but it was hard to root for a millionaire who put a woman out of work and then catfished and manipulated her until he ended up with her. So, like, that aside, I guess everything else is <laughs> aged well, but funny. that's a pretty big <laughs> thing yeah, to put aside. Yeah, that's right there. You know, on the bright side, she does end up with a rich guy, although technically you don't know if they're actually going to f- marry. <laughs> yeah, I think this movie tries to be, like, anti-capitalist. Like, it tries to, like, have a message about, like, the big bookstore putting little businesses out of business but then it just like still happens and it's fine because she's in love with the bad guy so that doesn't particularly age well i mean obviously i think the cast ages pretty well and for me it's just such a nostalgia movie like it like brings me back to like the holidays and watching it with my mom and it's just that type of movie for me so it literally like could take i don't know a shit on my chest and i would still watch it wow (laughs) yeah i I don't know if i would let the movie take a shit on my chest and i still want to watch it probably not but Mm -hmm. that's fair to each his own. I think overall the movie aged well because it was made exactly during the time it was supposed to be made and yeah. it's for exactly for those purposes and I think it's fun to make fun of it now so I, I oh, yeah. honestly I wouldn't change anything about the film but like it's also it's not as iconic as there's certain movies like let's say what is that one movie? The one with the white Russian who drinks white Russian? Uh, the Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski mm-hmm. and there's certain other movies mm-hmm. that are just pure comedy and they're from the 80s and 90s and, and my dad would make me watch them and and I'd be like, Dad, it's going to be so stupid. And I'm like, fine, I watch it. And it's actually so funny. It's like yeah, with, there's yeah. this other movie with Robert Williams and like all these movies like that. They're iconic no matter what time you're in. So is this yeah. movie compared to those? Not at all. <laughs> if there was like nothing else for me to watch except that movie, will I watch it more than twice? No, I'd rather go to a dentist appointment. <laughs> like, I'll do that. But it's good just the way it is. Yeah. You know, that's beautiful. Next week, we are covering Home Alone in honor of Home Alone 2's 25th anniversary. So be sure to come back for that. And I know that that sounds ridiculous and doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but it's because I have never seen Home Alone. So we couldn't jump in with the second one. So sorry. So next year, we'll cover it for the 26th anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) That's special. Violet, thank you again so much for coming. We had a, I had a wonderful time. Can't speak for Chelsea, but if she says anything else, I'll shit her in her chest. (laughs) I had a great time. Tell everybody where they can follow you. If they don't know who you are, tell them a little bit more about your amazing podcast. Plug yourself if they've been living under a rock. Awesome. Uh, I don't care. (laughs) I'm just like, I don't care what happened. There's like a whole Russian thing that my friends and I always make fun of me for where it's like a Russian uh, in in some movie, some action movie. There's a Russian there and he goes, if I die, I die. And that's literally like every Russian motto. (laughs) Like That's literally my motto. I'm like, whatever. You know. <laughs> so anyway, people can find me on Violet Benson at Daddy Issues if they're into um, beams and my podcast, Almost Adulting, that's on every Tuesday and Thursday from solo episodes to guests every week. Perfect. Thank you again so much. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my God, of course. And thank you everyone for listening. We will talk to you later. Love, Love you, you like, like a sister. sister. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to to you later. later. Love you like a sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.